let's get to the fan focus. All right, leading us off in the fan focus tonight, it's going to be Nick and Dustin on Deshaun getting the call to play on Sunday. He's still going to be week to week in my mind for at least November. Man, that's not it, – it, it's in a lot of ways, guys, it's just protecting yourself yeah. from the unknown. And it's protecting yourself from an organization that has not handled this cleanly and that has, for the second time in three years, muddied the waters on a quarterback with a shoulder injury. This time, this one's a lot scarier. When it's your throwing shoulder, when it's your when it's a thing that, that makes you a $230 million quarterback, yeah. You can go out there and throw for 300 yards. I'm still going to be clenching the whole time. He can go out there and throw for 300 yards. I'm still going to be watching him with with optimism but concern against Baltimore. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'm I'm very concerned about this game. I think your point's well served. You know, can he finish the game? How does he walk away from this game on Sunday in terms of his health? Do they win the game? Does he play well? There's all kinds of things. A lot of uncertainty going into this game. A lot of uncertainty going in this game. I, the first part I want to focus on a little bit more, though. The, the idea that comes to Sean this weekend. I just, I, listen, I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know how anybody could know what we're going to get. What they do with Deshaun after we've seen him play a couple drives is going to be fascinating. If he's great, then awesome. We don't have to worry about anything. We can, we can stock the win away and then we can all of a sudden have a lot of high, Energy, high thoughts, high opinions of this team moving into a a really tough Baltimore game. You guys have heard me talk about Baltimore in the past couple weeks. I don't go goo-goo-gaga over football teams often, okay? And I certainly don't want to do that for the Ravens. I would rather do anything but that for the Ravens. But right now, they got the number one scoring defense in the NFL. They have a top seven scoring offense as well. They look really good. Lamar in this offense is working. The defense is working. I'm scared of Baltimore. There's going to be no room for error in that game if we want to take down the Ravens. And so I need Deshaun to be clicking. And that's why I don't mind the move to Deshaun early and going this week instead of giving him another week because I I want that feel-out game. I want him to have the opportunity that if things aren't going right, it's okay. Not the end of the world. You can go three and out. Back-to-back opening drives. And guess what? Three and out is going to be the order of the day when it comes to what Arizona is going to be able to do on offense. That'll change if it's not Clayton Toon and it's Kyler Murray, but for right now, it's Clayton Toon. you got to be able to shut that guy down, and I believe the defense will. So you're going to have opportunities there for Deshaun. All right, next up, Ken and Lima on winning Sunday as Ken is taking his kid Axel to his first Browns game. Axel's going to his first game tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Now, he don't, I don't even think he knows yet, and I don't think he's listening right now. Boy, it'd be a hell of a thing if he was, huh? I he has he doesn't know and I had the choice to go all right San Francisco or Arizona was basically what I boiled it down to and I chose Arizona because I thought it was a better chance to win am I making too big of a deal considering our history am I making it too big of a deal to see a win because I told you the first time I went to the Indians game my dad was nervous about like them winning the Indians game they won 13-9 I remember everything about it. I've told you that story a million times the Browns, is it ex- for the first time ever, is it really that important for the kid that they win? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Now, what's interesting is that obviously we won the 49ers game, but going into that game, we were double-digit dogs. So 
You couldn't have expected that. And then going into this game, we're double-digit favorites, so you can expect a win. But it might not go that way. Ooh. Ooh, wouldn't that be a kick to the chandelier? Not only do you have to spend the whole entire week talking about that loss and how bad it would be, but then also you knew that you kind of took the win away with the 49ers game that ended up being a win. But I I honestly, I don't think it matters. I'll I'll let you free on this one, Ken. I, I, I really don't think it matters. I think it's your son and your son sees all the work you do for the Browns and sees how involved you are with the Browns, I think he's going to love the Browns. I don't think a win or a loss in that first game matters, but I, my kids haven't gotten to that point. My kids, I got one kid. My kid hasn't gotten to that point. He's eight months old. Going to be nine months old this month. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would bet, though, their first game is not going to make or break the entire deal. It'll be more about what happens in the day-to-day. You know, when Dad watches the Browns games, is he getting really excited and involving me? Or when Dad watches the Browns games, do I look at it like, oh, no, I can't play with my dad because he's watching the Browns games? That's honestly the worry I have. That's why when my daughter gets of age and we're watching Sunday football together, I think that'll be a really nice thing. And I'll get her invested into the teams and the players, and it could be a nice bonding thing. But if she doesn't like sports, then she might look at it as a, like, a, oh, that's that's football takes Daddy away from me. I honestly think that's what it's going to end up coming down to. But it seems like Axel likes football already, so I think you're all right. All right, next up, Baskin and Phelps on the Michigan schedule. I just think Michigan, when this is all said and done, they're going to lose some scholarships, which are going to be taken away from kids somewhere down the road that really have no anything with this. Harbaugh is going to end up not coaching at Michigan. He'll end up in the NFL somewhere, right? That's going to happen at some point, I would think. And so, and then the other part of it is, you know, so the, uh, the NCAA, uh, and then they're going to take away some recruiting trips from Michigan. Like, can we just cut to the end of this thing? Seriously, I don't care how mad the other coaches are in the Big Ten. You know, it's not like the game has, uh, the ethics of the game are like, whatever. The NCAA, no, no one cares now. The NCAA has never moved quickly on anything. I, I don't expect no. them to start moving quickly now. I like that people are coming around to what I've been saying for, well, since the whole entire thing opened up. People were calling for Harbaugh's job. I was the guy in the corner saying nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Now, do I think something should happen? Sure, but nothing's going to happen. I've just seen this too many times. The NCAA cares if you lie to them. That's why they cared what happened with Harbaugh and the burger incident and all that nonsense, because he lied to them. Kevin Ollie got a show cause based off the idea that he just lied to the NCAA. That's how this works. Bruce Pearl, show cause. Why did the NCAA? Aaron Kraft was eating burgers at your house. I don't know why you lied about it. That's what they care about. They're not gonna, they're not gonna lose their marbles over this one. I don't think so. I've never thought that though. And I do think when it comes to the Big Ten, it's funny. People are like, oh, the Big Ten has to step in and be the big bad bully. No, the Big Ten wants Michigan in the dance. They want him in the playoff. They want him uh, out there in the spotlight. Right now, you've got Ohio State and Big Ten as the two reps for this conference. You take away, you handcuffed and, and take away one of those teams, all that does is hurt the conference. All these other Big Ten schools rooting for Michigan's downfall. All right, then. Don't tell me how superior the Big Ten is when it's just Ohio State again. When it's just Ohio State and a bunch of other teams. Now, hopefully, that changes when you add USC and you add UCLA. UCLA is supposed to, or USC is supposed to be one of the best teams in college football. They got multiple losses already this year. Like, I, I don't know that, that that program is trending up. That's been, that's been since Pete Carroll 
of them talking about being great and not actually being great. So I, I be careful what you wish for. One of the more interesting parts about this whole entire development is the idea that Ohio State fans kept talking about how much, oh, we love the game. It's so great because Michigan is good again. And then you fast forward and Michigan is really good. And you're like, oh, how do we get them in trouble? How do we make this work? And oh, by the way, the development from today is the idea that Ryan Day's family is involved in setting this whole thing up. Can't hate the move. Can't hate the move one bit. First off, I don't care that it's Ryan Day's family that's involved. But if you're Ryan Day, you're on the doorstep of being fired if you lose to Michigan one more time. I don't care. I'd clean it up, too. I would try to I would try to make every case imaginable that what they did was wrong, what they did is cheating, and I would try to make sure everybody knows it. Because, honestly, Ryan Day might have extended his lifeline at Ohio State, where if he lost to Michigan this third year in a row, I think he would have been blouses for him. Didn't matter what happened. I think it would have been blouses. Now he can lose to Michigan a third time. I think he still might have his job. See what I did there? It's not bad. All right, next up. Nick and Dustin on ugly ugly Christmas sweaters? It's November. All right, ugly Christmas sweaters. Let's do it. I think at this point in 2023, assuming that you celebrate Christmas, that's a big assumption, but assuming you celebrate Christmas, you have to have at least one. Right? Like Everybody's got to have at least one. I have like three. Keith is the anomaly. Keith is the person who will have one simply to to tell you to go bleep yourself if you try and wear one. Am I right? I don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I just never wore one. Why not? I've never really, like, I don't know, like, every time people have worn them. I've never people. been to, like, a party where it's been, like, required mm-hmm. to have it. You just wear them. Yeah. You could just get in, like, the Christmas spirit. I'm not the ugly Christmas kind of guy. Why not? I would think you should be like they they do wonders for my form, uh, lumpy as it is. But for you, like you get like a real tight one, you'd look like you know Jack Santa over there. I'm not an ugly Christmas guy either. Ugly Christmas sweater guy. That's not my deal. I don't really do. I don't partake in that one. The funny thing that they didn't talk about today though was the idea that so they have a board app, a board app. Excuse me, board app, board app. And the board op's name is Mac. And they told Mac yesterday that everyone was dressing up in an ugly Christmas sweater. None of them dressed up in an ugly Christmas sweater. And then Mac was dressed up in the ugliest of ugly Christmas sweaters. And he looked like an absolute buffoon. Now, it wasn't intentional. I don't think it was intentional, at least. I think Dustin and Nick just both forgot. But either way, it left Mac looking like an absolute idiot. And that part was pretty funny. Like, that was... That's that's pretty that's pretty funny. So now I got to see them next week. Next week I would imagine they tell them the same thing, and Mac won't dress up, and then the two of them will dress up, and that'll be high comedy because then it'll be the guy on the outside looking in. That's fun. All right, next up, Ken and Anthony on Deshaun. I can only go on what I know and on what I see. I only saw a little bit. I thought he did look better yesterday. I did think there was more zip on it, more zip enough for me to say, yeah, absolutely, you got to play. No, but I do think that there's plenty of people out there who saw that, who believe that he should play yesterday, then saw the Steelers game yesterday, and see that they're five and three, and thinking we got to keep up in the division. And that, I have to be, I have to be open to that conversation with people. I can't just say that you're silly for that because winning is an important thing, and people do want to get to the playoffs. Uh, I, I think he's feeling the pressure. I think he's feeling the pressure of I signed this big contract. I know right now my approval rating in the city is the lowest for me it's ever been any time in my life. 
that's got to be tough on him. He knows what people say about him. He does him and his group. They they obviously have rabbit ears on on things. I think he does want to push the pace to try to play. But it's up to the team to make sure that that is not working to a detriment. Yeah, and that's that's where we're at a crossroads in this, right? Who gets the final call on this one by all accounts and what it looks like it's Deshaun's decision. As it usually is when you make $230 million. It gets to be your decision. Your dime, your dance for at that point. And I'm sorry if Kevin Spansky doesn't like hearing that, but that's the reality. And I'm sure Kevin's very aware of that reality. It's just, is that the best interest of the Browns? I thought it was fascinating in that indie game where it felt like Kevin was truly in control. And so then Kevin got to make that decision after Deshaun Watson had left. Then it was like, all right, hey, P.J. Walker's dealing as much as P.J. Walker can deal. We're going to keep you on the sidelines, and then we'll live to fight another day. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, but that's an interesting development moving forward if that's how that one goes down as well. All right, leave that there. We come on back. I want to hear from you guys. When the Cavs wrap up, we'll get to that one as well. Shouldn't be too much longer. Close game. Shouldn't be too much longer. But two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I watched Thursday night football last night, and I have a takeaway as it relates to Kenny Pickett. Are you ready to give him credit? I'll let you know if I am or if I'm still on the outside looking in when it comes to the credit for Kenny Pickett. Two one six four seven four double O ninety two. It's overtime with Jonathan Beetle here with you on the fan. 